Today's episode is sponsored by the American Chemistry Council. Chemistry creates, America competes. House Democrats' flagship super PAC last week decided to weigh in on an Oregon congressional primary for a newly drawn district. It has caused lots of backlash from major Latino groups, top leaders, Democratic strategists in D.C. and across the country because they decided to endorse a white first-time candidate and not the Latina state representative that many had been pushing for and backing for months. I'm Annie Reese. Okay, we're recording on my end. This is Politico Dispatch. I'm Sabrina Rodriguez, a national political correspondent at Politico. On the show today... Sabrina Rodriguez hones in on Oregon's 6th District. This race and this district and and the endorsement that we're talking about really speaks to the debate that we're seeing going on in the Democratic Party when it comes to Latino voters and their importance. And as we head towards the midterms, we're often trying to figure out, okay, is the Democratic Party working hard to get Latino voters, especially after the gains that we saw Republicans make with Latinos in 2020? And just looking at this one safe Democratic district that now, as a newly drawn district, is over 20% Latino, and a race in which we're seeing multiple Latino candidates, seeing how the Democratic Party invests or doesn't in this race just offers us some insight into what we can expect ahead as we head towards the midterms. All right, so starting at the beginning, who is Andrea Salinas? So Andrea Salinas is a state representative in Oregon, and she's vying for Oregon's sixth congressional district, which is a newly drawn district that has more than 20% Latino. She's Latina. She has gotten endorsements from some of DC's top Latino groups, lots of progressive organizations. Five out of 10 of the Latina Democratic lawmakers in the House are endorsing her. So she has a lot of backing from progressives and a lot of backing from Latinos. And you wrote this story about how the House Majority Pack kind of swooped into this primary election, surprising everyone. Tell me about what happened. So Oregon's primary is one month away. The standard is typically that, you know, the large super PACs in in D.C., specifically House Majority PAC, don't endorse or, or spend money until after the primary to defend, you know, whoever ends up being the Democratic nominee going into the November midterms. In this case, they decided to jump into the race and it was really unexpected. Um, You know, in terms of all the organizations in D.C. that I mentioned, the Latino groups, progressive organizations that have been backing Andrea Salinas, there was no expectation that House Majority PAC was going to jump in. And by jumping in, what I mean by that is they decided to spend a million dollars on ads for another candidate. Now, the other candidate is a white first-time candidate named Carrick Flynn, who has not been in office before, doesn't have a political career, and does not have the sheer volume of endorsements that we've seen for Salinas. Um, and, and Salinas, for example, was even endorsed by the current Democratic governor of Oregon. So there's a lot of people that were expecting her to to just be the front runner in this situation. And even mm-hmm. beyond Salinas, This is a nine-way primary. There are nine candidates in this race. Um, So just the idea that that House Majority PAC would jump in for one of the nine um, was very shocking for many. Yeah. And I mean, why did they swoop into a primary election? Like, 
how was Selena's campaign going? She had all these endorsements, but was there early polling that suggested that she wasn't going to do well in the general? So we have not seen any kind of public polling. And, and just in terms of asking around for private polling, nobody has has shown numbers or anything like that that backed up, you know, that Flynn had some huge advantage. In terms of, you know, what's on his resume that would make House Majority PAC decide to back him, it's extremely unclear. They alluded in a statement about their endorsement that he was kind of seen as the the most viable candidate. And as they look to preserve their majority come November, that he seemed to be the best fit for that. The only explanation um, that that most people have offered on this when I'm talking to Democratic strategists and other folks that are following this is Mm -hmm. that he has lots of money on his side. Um, so he has been backed by a super PAC called Protect Our Future that is um, bankrolled, funded by the cryptocurrency billionaire Sam Bankman-Fried, who is the co-founder and CEO of FTX. Mm. There's a lot of questions around why he has been backed by this super PAC, why they have invested so much money. The group has spent more than $5 million um, just backing him and, and in terms of spending on TV ads, radio ads, digital ads, really trying to get his name out there and, and ensure that he wins the primary. Mm. Um, but it's raised a lot of questions because there hasn't been really a clear answer as to why House Majority PAC is endorsing him. It has left a lot of the candidates and some, you know, D.C. Democratic strategists saying, does this have something to do with the backing from Protect Our Future? Does this have something to do with doing favors for the cryptocurrency industry. Um, So it just really has allowed the space to raise so many questions because we haven't gotten clear answers as to why. And the House Majority PAC is a PAC that's pretty closely aligned or associated with Speaker Nancy Pelosi, right? Yes, this is. I mean, they're the largest spender um, to defend House Democrats, and it's, it's basically associated with Speaker Nancy Pelosi. And we know House Democrats have an uphill battle when it comes to keeping the House majority in the midterms. So how much does this kind of come down to dueling super PACs with different visions of what candidates can win in November? Yeah, I mean, it, it clearly does come down to it to some extent. But but the question here really is why endorse in the primary? Why get involved yeah. in a primary? Granted, you know, some folks that I spoke to brought up, you know, all these organizations that have backed Andrea Salinas did make a decision that she was the best candidate. For example, she's not the only Latina candidate running in that district. There's another state representative, Teresa Alonso Leon, who is running. Um, So some people kind of countered to me, well, all these groups that endorsed Salinas obviously made a call of who was the most viable candidate and who was the the better fit to win um, a primary and to ultimately win come November. But there is just a question of, when we're talking about the slim majorities that House Democrats have right now, and obviously all the talk about, you know, are Democrats extremely endangered come November? Is there going to be a red wave come November? And um, there's just a lot of questions about why spend that money on a primary, even if it's just a million dollars compared to the over hundred million dollars yeah. that that they'll spend. But why spend that money um, on a primary in a safe Democratic district? Because also I think that's something important to note. Joe Biden won this district, this new district, if it existed in 2020, Joe Biden mm-hmm. would have won 55 percent to Trump's 42 percent, more or less. Um, mm-hmm. So a 13, 14 percent plus Democrat district. Um, it does raise questions. Just why spend that money there? 
And the fallout from this has been big, right? I mean, you mentioned that Oregon's Democratic governor had already endorsed Salinas, but Senator Markey also tweeted basically sort of saying, like, what's going on here? Yeah. So we've seen it from from many Democratic strategists, Latino leaders, um, just lawmakers, folks that, that have been following this race or that follow a lot having to do with Latino representation, Latino voters, just saying, you know, this is an unnecessary mess. If Flynn was going to win with the five million plus dollars that he's received from Protect Our Future and all the attention that that has garnered him, he was going to win anyway. So mm-hmm. why get into this? Why, you know, move away from the Congressional Hispanic Caucus's campaign arms endorsement, um, all the money and all the investment that all these other Latino organizations have put into this and have really pressed forward for. And a win from Selena's would be historic in Oregon. She would be the first elected Latina sent to Congress. Um, So a lot of the criticism that I've heard isn't even if ultimately House Majority PAC would support Flynn, but just the question of why do that now? Why create that mess, especially at a time where there's been so much talk about, you know, how Democrats are performing with Latinos or how they're investing with Latinos? Why do something now that can send the wrong signals um, and, and just show more evidence that, you know, the party doesn't recognize the importance of Latinos as a as a growing influential voting bloc. Totally. I mean, that in terms of how the party's doing with Latinos, that's something that you report on a lot. You know, we know that Democrats are losing the Latino vote to Republicans in places like Florida, especially. And given that the district leans Democratic and has a strong Latino population, like you're saying. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, you know, Looking at this district and looking at this this specific story with Salinas, I mean, it's not like a Latino voter is going to see what happened with Salinas and decide, well, I'm not going to vote because of this right. or or I'm going to be a Republican because of this. You know, the, the story doesn't come down to, oh, this is going to help Republicans or anything like this. But it really just underscores the challenges and the debate going on within the Democratic Party about how to how to message towards Latinos, how to do that outreach, how much to to spend or how much attention to put into it. Um, And it just shows that there is really a debate and not everyone is necessarily on the same page about what needs to be done or how intensely it needs to be done. Sabrina Rodriguez, thanks so much for talking with me. Yeah, thanks for having me. Also in the news, over the weekend, several businesses and residents filed a lawsuit in state court in Pennsylvania seeking to overturn Philadelphia's renewed indoor mask mandate that was scheduled to be enforced beginning today. Last week, Philadelphia became the first major U.S. city to reinstate its indoor mask mandate after reporting a sharp increase in coronavirus cases. And in March, U.S. border authorities arrested 210,000 migrants attempting to cross the border with Mexico, the highest monthly total in two decades. President Biden has pledged to reverse many of the hardline immigration policies of Donald Trump, but has struggled operationally and politically with high numbers of attempted crossings. Today's episode of Politico Dispatch included music composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder, Be sure to follow Politico Dispatch if you haven't yet, and if you can, leave us a rating and review. It helps more people find the show. I'm Annie Reese. Thanks so much for listening.